I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers. You're listening to the 2019 Round 13 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by the number 148. Congrats to Wando on that record. Actually, um, Blaine actually said sometimes we can be sweet and, and sentimental, and, and that's that's where it was. It's not always had to be funny, so big congrats. Actually, it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic and amazing, spectacular subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by co-host Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. And then we'd also like to welcome our special guest, a globetrotter, current Bostonian and contributor at MLSFantasyBoss.com, uh, Tyler. And I, I just I just completely blanked on your last name as I was getting ready to, <laughs> to, to, to like, all, all week, I know, Bartles, all week I know, and I'm like, and gone. Yeah. Oh. Right, Tyler Bartles, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Doing well. I'm good. All right. Well, I'm glad Blaine could be here. Uh, in addition to him being the contributor of our sentimental uh, brought to you by this week, uh, he is also braving tornado warnings. Is yeah, they're over on? for now, but we should get them all night and most of the day tomorrow. So so if Blaine <laughs> happens to just disappear at some point, he is either taking shelter or in Oz. So, uh, but no, uh, seriously, uh, if anybody is hearing that and they're listening to the podcast, stop. Uh, do, do take cover. So please, those are definitely very very serious but that's that's a downer i i don't want to be a downer guys um week 12 round 12 that was some interesting stuff this week uh i want to hear yeah. about how your teams did because uh how your teams did after the points got corrected so a little <laughs> glitch everyone saw this morning there was some some weirdness going on with with the game that got worked out real quick so so props to everyone over at the fantasy crew for mlssoccer.com and their provider that that got worked out don't don't know why it happened but we've had some weird things yeah. this this season yeah. so, but it was fixed major negative on it happening but um at least today there was a lot of good communication i, I do wish that there had been more communication through the weekend of hey we see that your scores are wonky and on the alert like your scores are weird i mean it's not a big deal because it was a double game week and i think everyone had their switcheroos and stuff done so it's pretty much just everyone just sitting back watching the chaos unfold yeah. <laughs> but i think in the future just a little more in during game updates but i mean today was good he's like hey we're working on it your team is going to be locked and you know it was, it was good today i just wish we had seen more of that throughout the weekend yeah i like that i was having some conversations with people and they were like, hey, the, the point should be fixed. Let us know. And I was like, yeah, uh, I still lost my head-to-head, -head, so who do I need to complain to? <laughs> well, I mean, I've been complaining about my scores all year. They've been lower than You should just be getting tips from your son. That's I think I, I – no, this this week he picked a bunch of Portland players because he didn't realize they were uh, on a single game week, not a double game week. So I, I beat him. I specifically pointed that out. For everybody else I, listening, I – I did, yeah. And you did not help your son. 
I, I was I, I he picked it and then I was like I'm gonna come back and then I got put on a business trip to Lake Charles. Sure, in, sure. Like, I three get hours it. away. I get <laughs> it. All right. Well, let's let's talk about how everybody did. Let's let's start with you, Tyler. Uh, I got 143 this week uh, with an unfortunate, well, not so unfortunate, Pozuelo cap. Um, started off really strong with those 10 points and then that red card uh, cut into it, but a lot better than my Jonathan DeSantos cap last week for a total of four points. So uh, feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, Ramon Torres was my surprise off the bench. Came in with 14 points. Um, so I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm on the up. Yeah, that was definitely something we had talked about the potential rotations of of Smith and Bernard Torres but both Smith and Leardom did, did get rotated so it was it was yeah. definitely a because MLS week also want to point out real quick I think Tyler you're rocking our first international jersey on the show with, uh, oh. with Kagoshima right there yes so this is Kagoshima United this is a it says Satsuma Bijin which means beautiful woman but it is also the name of a shochu manufacturer in Kagoshima um, which is like a potato-based alcohol that's really common down there. Yeah, Kagoshima United. They just got promoted to the J2, if anyone oh, is interested in Japanese football. Oh, snap. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, forget forget everyone telling us who your EPL and Bundesliga team is. J-League is apparently yes. where it's at. So I hear that, that when people are actually reserving their spots in line, that they will like come up and like put like a place marker on the ground and then like, walk off, and that's just considered, yes, that, that line. I believe saved. it. I would believe it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, okay, sorry. Quick aside there, Mike. How was your team this week? Um, I actually had a really good week this week. Um, outside of Figueroa putting up only two for Houston, uh, I got 160 points, um, which I think was one of the better scores uh, of the <laughs> round. Um, I avoided the Smith rotation issues uh, and had Kiki, so I was able to take advantage uh, of the two clean sheets, um, or, or maybe one clean sheet. I don't remember what they did against Orlando. Um, big, big thing for me is, uh, after seeing, uh, DC United's lineup, I brought in Westberg, uh, which allowed me to free up some points to spend on my bench. Uh, and I brought in mm -hmm. Memo Rodriguez and Rui Diaz. Um, on a, although Rui Diaz got out, uh, scored by Zavaleta, 4.0 defender who I mentioned last week and, mm -hmm. you know, helped me, uh, do really well. Um, Memo is the big contributor off the bench. And I think the biggest thing. Um, I, I capped Vela, so I avoided the Pozuelo issues, and I had Minotas, so I didn't get burned by the uh, Elise injury. So other than um, you know, Anon only getting nine points, but I mean that's not too bad on a DGW. So uh, yeah, pr pretty happy. I think the overall week rank was two fifty one. Uh, I'm now close to cracking the top thousand uh, of this season, which is sad still. But you know, I was like two hundred <laughs> uh, ranks this week, so um, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Blaine. Yeah, um, I got a 160 as well. I tied Mike on the score this week. Uh, I think I shot myself in the foot, all things considered. I mean, I went with the double Vancouver defenders with Henry and Godoy. And Godoy put up 10 without a clean sheet over two games, which I, I was raving bonus points there from those two. Henry, got, Henry pulled up early with an injury, which kind of cut into his bonus points there at the end. Mm -hmm. but can't really complain there. Uh, Thomas Martinez with six was kind of the other weak spot on my team, but everybody else was pushing double digits except Elise. Uh, Zavaleta and Memo Rodriguez on the bench, so huge points there all the way around. Sorry to sorry to my Twitter people. Um, I had said when I saw the DC lineup I wasn't going to make any rotations for TFC defenders, and then I saw Memo Rodriguez starting game one, 
and got really scared about my Willis goalkeeper. So I made a bunch of switches, put a bunch of cheap guys on the bench, and it really paid off for me. And I'm sorry, Twitter. <laughs> that's that's just how fantasy works. It's just how it is. It's, you're always, this is my team. And then, oh, crap, I got to – and that's, yeah. just that's just how it works. So yeah, apologies, but I mean it. It's kind of expected. It's kind of expected. Uh, I, so I didn't have a fantastic week. I had one thirty-seven. Uh, I got bitten by the elite's injury and the Poswello red card. Uh, overall, I still managed to gain one point two million. I've seen some people posting on Twitter talking about it on Reddit uh, about why their points were dropping. They'd say, "Hey, I got a good score, but I lost value." And we've mm. talked about this in the past. It's, it's based on the average of the three-week game scores. And so we have to remember, even when your player does well, you're trying to hit that average. So if you're a player like Vela, who was not one of the players who lost points, but if you're a player like Vela or Ladero or Pozuelo, somebody like that, who scores high regularly, even if you continue to get double digits, if you're not hitting that threshold where your point, your, your value is based off of, you're still going to see a drop. And if you're hitting that threshold, you're not going to see a rise at all. So this is definitely the time of season where we're going to be seeing less jumps. Uh, not to say that it can't happen, but that's why you can you can completely have a great week and still lose some value just based on how close your players are hitting those those top numbers that they're going for. So uh, it's it's not wrong. It's not a glitch. It's, it's just the way the formula works out. I think it's been pretty good overall yeah. for, for a bit more gradual up and down. So... Um, and I think it's important to keep in mind for the double game weeks, you know, you look at it and, oh, they've got a good score. Oh, Pozuelo got a 10 or whatever. But in reality, the game's looking at it as he got a 12 and a zero. And that zero is so much bigger uh, for someone of Pozuelo's than anything yeah. else. And the problem with double game weeks is usually you get one good and one bad because they're usually exhausted for one of the two games or rotating in or whatever. Uh, and that negative game, that bad game, that's someone that's really going to hurt your value. Um, that's kind of almost why I think we talked about it earlier in the season. You kind of had to do your value playing early in the single game weeks before the double game weeks start because, I mean, unless they just roll – and we've seen a few uh, teams roll in the double game weeks, but it's hard to predict. But unless they roll, you're not going to get a whole lot of value because you're going to go up and down. For sure. And uh, I say wrapping up with my head, uh, I had Ryan Hollingshead who came away with the goal for me, so that was a, a good bright spot for my defense. Kim Kehe also did well. Um, I I totally I actually after talking after after making my my push on on the pod last week, I did decide that I was going to switch to to Vela as my captain. Though if Elise had gotten the full game, I, I think he was still a pretty strong contender for a pretty for a good captain shot. And I think Dallas was a little bit harder than than maybe people had had thought they might have rolled over. But I was intending to switch to Captain Vela, but but like Tyler's connection with Japan, I uh, was helping host an international Japanese visiting delegation this whole past week. And so when games are supposed to start, I got called in to help out and I totally missed the the lockout for the Houston game by just literally like five minutes. I was like, I need to go. Oh, oh, crap. Lock. <laughs> so, so it happens to all of us. Uh, this, this is pretty much for me every year. Cause I, I've been involved with this program for a while. So I knew this week was going to kind of be tossed up. So when I made my team, I actually had that in mind and I only had one switcheroo planned. A lot of the guys, I just threw all the money onto the field. My switcheroo was Ja'Cory Hayes and he came on with eight points. Not bad for a double game week player to switch in there. and give me a little bit of bump. Only 137 overall for me. Uh, lost in the Patreon, you know, in the MLSFI hosts head-to-head league because that 
our league's insane, uh, did come up with a win in the Patreon league. So let's move on to those right now before we go into our review. Uh, Mike had a great week, beat Matt Pollard 160 to 135. Blaine also beat Dominic. Uh, over there in Colorado, 160 to 97. But even with those 160s, you guys did not get top points. Uh, I lost to Phil, uh, which I feel kind of bitter about because Phil's I, – like I was giving Phil's Dallas team the benefit of the doubt, and he comes and beats me. <laughs> Phil, come on. Come on. What's going on with that? But I lost to Phil, 137 to 153. Not too bad. Not too bad right there. Uh, and then uh, – well, Tyler, do you want to say how your team did? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been getting pretty fortunate with some of my head to heads in the, um, the, uh, X-ray league, but, um, I still pulled off a, a win against Jason Seguini, I think is, yes. is the guy. Um, so that, was pretty, that was a pretty big win. Cause he's been doing pretty well this year actually. Um, but yeah, even despite my like Pozuelo captain, the 143 was enough to beat him. I think he had 129. So uh, sitting in third place despite not having the highest overall in that league, but I'm very happy about it. And third place only by point differentials because you're tied, yeah. I think, like not, uh, seven, one and one, something like that, or seven, one and two. It's 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 pretty close. Uh, mm-hmm. Jason, our good friend Jason Wiskovich, and, of course, Ryan Anderson, MLS Fantasy Stats, uh, got the highest score this week, 169. And I'm glad that that Ryan did that as well because we can't let Jason mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, We can't. We can't him and his triple switcheroo nonsense. Uh, and then Ryan still leads our league uh, 9-0-3, but, like, uh, Andrew Crawler and Tyler are right behind him in second place. So mm-hmm. uh, pretty competitive. Sherry is going to join us. Uh, she's one of our Patreon followers. She could not join us tonight because of a uh, death in the family. So condolences out to you, Sherry. So sorry to hear that. Uh, she'll be joining us next month. And uh, she dropped a little bit in our ranks. I mean, she lost one game and went from second place to fifth place. So that's that's how competitive and cutthroat this head-to-head can be. And maybe some of you all have competitive head-to-heads. I've seen a lot of people talk this year about how they, they're enjoying head-to-heads a lot more. So I encourage everyone to give it a shot uh, with with your fan group. Get get some people together that you go to games with. Get some people together at work you want to introduce the league to. Uh, I've had a lot of fun with head-to-head the last couple of years, so so go for it. Over in Patreon land, uh, we still have uh, River Schoolkill with 10-1-1 now. He's got a pretty much a commanding lead, and uh, that that's probably how that table is going to end up. But you never know. We still have a few weeks left in this in this break season. Any other head to heads or any leagues you guys want to talk about before we move on to the round twelve preview review? No. All right. Well, let's let's jump right in. As always, let's talk about uh, most surprising fantasy moments and our most important takeaways. Let's start with the surprising moments, Mike. Uh, Thirty-five shots, no goals for TFC. Uh, I mean, I think TFC in general this double game week was really disappointing offensively. Pozuelo's red card uh, against RSL. I mean, we knew that was going to be a kind of a tough matchup. Um, we kind of expected a little bit more um, than that. And just to take so many shots, which, I mean, helped him get the 10 bo- or 12 uh, points he had uh, going into the last game. But, I mean, they were all bad quality shots. Uh, it's been talked around in other uh, formats that I think I posted about it on Twitter. Uh, I think they only got 2.5 expected goals, 2.53 out of 35 shots, which, I mean, you're averaging less than 0.1 XG a shot. That's really bad. 
Um, it, it, it takes effort in really deciding deliberately to choose bad shots to get that low of an XG on that many shots. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I mean, really, really disappointing uh, for TFC. Uh, my next biggest surprise, um, you know, we mentioned at the top of the show, Wondolowski getting four. Um, I mean, we didn't expect him to start and then to drop four on, on Chicago. You know, you're kind of thinking, oh, you know, maybe, you know, Calvo's going to help that defense out and, you know, maybe it'll be better. And, uh, you know, for, for him to just explode like that, I think everyone was like, oh, man, he's doing well. Wait, I really wish I had him on my team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was wild for sure. <laughs> Uh, Tyler, what about you? Um, I, one of my – the biggest ones for me was the lineup that Seattle came out with um, in that uh, – in their game against Philadelphia. Uh, I mean, they – I think they played five at the back. They had Jonathan Campbell, I think, first start of the season. Uh, he's been playing with USL. It has not looked great with Tacoma Defiance. So I was really worried when I saw that as a Sounders fan. Um, and then their outside backs, uh, Saad Abdul-Salam and – Knew who everyone loves to see who out there, but that that lineup was just kind of madness for me. Um, and it worked, but I wonder if it's something that's going to be a bit more consistent moving forward, given the calls that might be happening and the injuries that have been happening. Chad Marshall doesn't look like, you know, he's he may not. I don't know who knows if he's going to come back. Maybe he's just fishing on some lake somewhere, um, baking an injury. Uh, and the the I think it was the Ecuadorian, the new guy they signed, uh, Ariaga. He, he got called up to the um, mm-hmm. the Copa America, so he's not going to be there. Um, so that's definitely one to keep an eye on for me uh, moving forward. There could be a lot of value there, especially if guys like Jonathan Campbell um, knew who and even like Saad Abdul Salam are getting regular starts. Um, and then other than that, it's just uh, Atlanta's inability to mm. do anything against this Red Bull team. I mean, it is their fifth game in 14 days, so yeah, I'm sure heavy legs and all of that, um, but I think there's still so much more in them, and uh, I'll definitely be watching them moving forward. For sure. We're going to try to get Tim on in the next couple of weeks to talk about that. I'm sure even if the Red Bulls aren't doing as well, he'll still want to talk about beating Atlanta. Blaine, <laughs> what about you? Um, Colorado getting a win on the road. Uh, there we go, yeah. Season. I mean, that's kind yeah. of I, and a clean, And a clean sheet for that defense. Like, yes. I, I'm paced to give up the most goals of any team ever and they get a clean sheet against the galaxy uh, of course a lot of wasn't there really the galaxy without saying that? but <laughs> uh, yeah it just a lot good showing from colorado on that one late goal from shinyashiki uh who is an up-and-coming star just needs more time and it's going to be really hard to break in behind Kamara and Rubio, but a super sub there. If you've got an extra bench spot, he's one of those guys you could always fill it with him. And if he if he hits, he hits. If he doesn't, oh well. Um, the other one I saw is there was a lot of rotation for Orlando and going across country to Seattle. That's kind of to be expected. But uh, that five one win over FC Cincy showed a lot of guys that. I've really liked. They've been kind of creeping into my fantasy radar, and we'll talk about some of them later. But both, I think, both their outside backs are getting very involved in the attack, and Akindeli is finally making a, a name for himself. Two goals this week. Um, really happy to see that there. That's giving uh, maybe uh, solidifying that lineup a little bit in Orlando, making it a little more predictable where we can go after some of these players finally. 
Those are good ones, guys. You got most of mine. The last one that I'm going to add before we go into our important takeaways, which I think we were treading the that line with some of these important uh, surprising moments. Uh, Montreal's home loss to New England, and they had Piatti. You mean home draw? Oh, yes, home draw. Well, it, it's kind of a I mean, loss when you didn't beat New yeah. England. Uh, with so yeah, with Piatti, no goals, one point. That's that's kind of a shocker for the. Well, the momentum they had subbed on. Going. I mean, Piotti subbed on. He yeah, came he in there against New England. <laughs> against New England. <laughs> Though it is a Friedelist New England, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, that does lead me into important fantasy takeaways. Piotti did come into this game against New England, so keep an eye on that. Piotti back is definitely going to be a, a boost to Montreal when he does hit 100 percent uh, we mentioned the Pozuelo red card that's one of mine uh i have uh, uh blaine you're going to want to mention this one so i'll skip that one and i will also say giovanni dos santos was sorry i did it again that's two weeks in a row jonathan dos santos was was back into the lineup for la after getting injured uh last week so during during that double game the last double game week for them so he was back no Zlatan, but we had jds so uh, Blaine, I'll throw it to you because I think I know what you're going to talk about for for an important fantasy takeaway. Um, or did you want to say it for kind for... of back? Yeah, sporting is kind of back, including giving up a late equalizer. <laughs> um, can't tell you the number of years I've been following them that you just you never trust that one goal lead late in the game. You never trust that clean sheet when they're when the team's really pressing to get one back. I don't know. It's just something about that team. But no, Benny looked good. Uh, the team looked better. I mean, Nemeth picked up that stupid red card, so that's going to hurt going forward. But no, they look like they're back. At least back to where they're health, um, healthy enough that they can get some results now. Beasler was back, which is the other huge addition to the team. Mike. Is that the one you were expecting? No, I thought you were going to mention Orlando since you plugged them before uh, with Nani coming back, but I, I assume you're going to mention that later on in your picks. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my takeaway is just to be, uh, is especially this year, more cognizant of the overall schedule. Um, with with all the double game weeks and, and stuff coming out, you you kind of forget. Oh wait a minute, they had a double game week two weeks in a row. Oh, like Atlanta, you know, had so many, and you kind of have it in the back of mind. Oh, that's right, I picked Atlanta again. But you have to remember, like that means you get tired legs. It means you can't expect them a whole lot. Um, I mean, it's something important to keep in mind this week. Vancouver had a double game week. Last week too, um, so they've had a really rough schedule. Atlanta had, or excuse me, New York Red Bulls had a double game week two weeks ago. So you know they just had one week off, if you will, uh, in the middle. So uh, I think that's going to be important to kind of manage. Um, and we had we saw a lot of rotation, you know, throw throw wrenches. I mean, DC United um, pretty much benched everyone midweek against TSC, which really wasn't what we expected. I mean, if you had asked me to predict the rotations, I would have assumed they would have played players against the Eastern conference team and punted against Houston. Um, but that's not, not the case. Um, they just like, all right, we need rest. So we're taking the midweek game and hope Bill Hamid does Bill Hamid things and gets us out of here with the point. Um, so I, I think that's something for fantasy managers. You know, we, we, it's the days of, 
printing out the calendar and having them immediately right next to you at the fantasy. Uh, you know, those days are over since we don't have to plan. It's long-term with unlimited transfers. But it's so important to go to MLS Fantasy Boss and, and pull out that calendar and see, okay, when do they have double game weeks? Du- du- double game weeks are coming up to kind of get a sense of what rotation issues uh, coaches are going to be facing. And that's going to be even more important uh, in the coming weeks with the international absences starting next week. Yeah, we saw that with Atlanta a week or two ago with one of their double game weeks when they rotated everybody in the first game and came back. I mean, they even said it. These people aren't traveling. We're going to be saving up for, yeah. for the second game. So, Tyler, take us home. Um, yeah, it's pretty much this. It's going off the same point that Mike was just making that uh, it's not only is it important to keep in mind the schedule, but also the off-the-field factors or just the, the amount that the absence of one player can mean to a team. So if you're – if in regards to, like, the off-the-field – circumstances if you're looking at the revolution you might look at that team and you're like wow this team's terrible uh you know they've been they've been down on the down on the dumps the whole season and you expect a certain result from them but then you look at they just fired their gm they fired their coach and usually there's like a little bounce back from situations like that especially in a team that seems to be reacting as negatively to uh their current the, the situation that they had in in management and so um, you know, maybe you could have seen this coming. Maybe you could have seen them putting up a little bit of a fight. Um, and then likewise, just missing pieces, like key pieces, especially like what Jonathan DeSantos means to LA Galaxy. You can see it when he's in the team and when he's not. Um, just certain like of those key players, just because they're, it's easy to quantify a team as just the team, but you have to keep in mind the pieces that are on the team. Um, and so, you know, looking at key injuries and absences, if Bella's missing from LAFC, maybe they're not as dangerous in the attack, stuff like that. I like how New England's bounce back is just not losing. Yeah. Oh, huge. Sorry. Sorry (laughs) to all the New England fans. I I feel like, I feel like though, like we, we know, you know, we know it's, it's okay. Uh, Well, no, but another part of that, Mike mentioned Portland at the beginning. I think they were, they didn't have Chara this week. Is that right? And so, yes, yeah, I mean, that, that was the big reason why I brought in Memo Rodriguez. I saw up it's, like that's probably one of the better results you can expect getting a draw without having Char because he is such well, I mean, no, I mean, that's that's ridiculous about what it is like they're like winless whenever they don't have him. It's, it's yeah, and, yeah. and they lost, they lost. It was two, it was two one uh, against Houston. I mean, they, they almost got the, the, the result. Uh, Fernandez did score against uh, the Dynamo, so, so that'll be something to watch going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, it also kind of brings us to another question: is you know, we, we've got a bunch of new managers uh, in into the league, and I, I don't know how much you take into account. Tyler mentioned, do you do do kind of like they're going to have a dead coach, uh, you know, a, a bounce back from getting a new coach or get you know, bringing Bruce Arena in, or do we look at a team like the Revolution and say like, well, the players are so terrible, um, then there's not going to be any difference. You yeah, know, for I think, me, I don't, I don't like Bruce Arena as a high. I, I think it's a high. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep picking against him. But you know, I, I know a lot of people think Bruce Arena is the greatest thing since sliced bread. So you know, <laughs> your mileage well, is gonna vary on that. Yeah, not not to get too off track, but with the Bruce Arena hire, that's that's more of the I think the legitimacy that he brings to the organization because the Revs have been for people yeah. who don't. I mean, I live in Boston, so I'm much closer to the Revs now than I've been in the past, but. Um, most of the Revs fans that I've interacted with are like, wow, uh, the Kraft family might as well just sell the Revs and like get them to somebody who cares because clearly Robert Kraft doesn't care. Like, uh, I think it was Arthur Blank was at like a Falcons game and they were talking about how like uh, Robert Kraft was at a Philadelphia, he was at a 76ers game in Philadelphia while 
they were having the season ticket holder and like VIP mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, like, so clearly this guy doesn't care. So I think the, the kind of, uh, the, I don't know, the seriousness of that shows is, is more the, the emotional like support that that gives to the players to go out there and fight harder, like those types of things. They're kind of intangibles, but, um, they're not something I would pick solely on, but if I'm on the fence about somebody, I'd be like, oh, you know what? New England did just like fire their coach and they, they seem to be in a good place actually, like mentally. So maybe I shouldn't go all in on New England or, or stuff like that. Um, they're kind of like help supplement decisions. Good points. Good points. Thanks for that inside look too into the revolution. Uh, for the final points, I've got two little talking points I want to go over real quickly. One of them is a question from Twitter from Paul Morizzo. And he wanted to, he said, help me understand the strategy of putting two blank defenders in the lineup. Bench defenders are guaranteed with no upside, uh, looked into one option. So, uh, Paul, what I, what I can only guess is going on right here, and I had a note, and here it is, is I don't know if you mean having a five-man back line that includes two blank defenders or if you're looking at a three-man back line that has two blank defenders, but either way, the the options are, are going to be uh, to, to do the, the switcheroo or an otteroo with trying to get the best bang for your buck. If you're going with a five-man back line with two defenders that are blank, you're, you're clearly trying to maximize your offense with either the two midfielders and one forward or two forwards and one midfield on your, on your bench. I don't think that's what you're talking about because I think that's the obvious answer. With the three-man defender back line, you're either running a, a 3-4-3 or 3-5-1. And so you're going to have one or two defenders on your bench already. With, with the two defenders, you're trying to see who is going to get the best of those points because you probably have money in your bank. So if the who being the guys on your bench or people you haven't brought in yet. So say you're doing a Vancouver move this week, and you're like, I don't know if that's going to work on the road against Red Bulls. I'm going to just put them on the bench and see what happens, and they get clean sheets. You're like, fantastic. i got some some people coming in. I've got money in my, in my bank. Maybe i upgrade a, a field player for some more offensive buff. But if they do poorly, get a red card or something ridiculous, if you still have money in your bank – you can take those 4.0 scrubs and you could transfer them into someone who's going to play and get another shot at the points that they could have. So it's it's all about taking advantage of those otteroos and switcheroos on the defense, but it really only works. Having having two blanks in your defense with just a three-man back line really only works when you've got a nest egg to, to work with. So anything else you guys want to add to that? Great question. The next part I wanted to mention was I saw some traction of this on r slash fantasy MLS this this week, uh, today, really. And so there's a thread that was posted called, Where Do You Think FMLS Is Headed? And uh, it's, it's kind of the usual thread that we see with this. Lots of people talking about their hopes and dreams and frustrations and successes of the game. And we've seen that a lot, but I've reached out to the, the guys who created and were really active in this thread. And so what I wanted to let everybody know is what I'm going to do is I'm going to be posting closer to the end of this season. I'm going to be posting a feedback thread. So we're going to try to get a little survey going of what do you like? What do you not like? What do you, what do you hope that is going to go on? That's kind of really is what do you, where do you think it's headed? What do you want 
from the game. So I'm going to post how to get feedback. I was planning on doing this at the end of the season anyway, but it sounds like people would maybe like to have it mid-season. So keep an eye out for that. We'll talk about it on the show. We'll post it on Twitter. Of course, it'll be at r slash fantasy MLS. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to try to get together with some other, other players, get some questions together and go out there. Please keep it all constructive. And I also want to point out that for those of you who are newer or just have, have forgotten, a lot of the changes that we've seen have been player driven. So it's easy for us for us to say, I don't like it, but having in multiple transfers, now unlimited transfers, having in the rolling transfer lockouts, those were responses to player feedback. Now maybe people don't like how the game is now with that added in, but but let's not think that MLS is completely ignoring us. They are limited by the platform as anybody is. They're limited by the, the vendor that you're using for the platform, but they a lot of these changes did come from player requests, high player, player requests over the past few seasons. So keep a lookout for that. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about or even piggyback off of what I just said? Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, make your voice heard in a constructive way. Um, I, I mean, when we talked to Ben about the issue about unlimited transfers, we seem to be the st- big sticking point when we have, unlim- you know, Ben's like numbers were up, didn't seem like there was much thing. And, you know, like, like you said, that was a change that was asked for by the community in order to deal with injuries and rotations and all of that. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, we talk, especially through this double game week, we have we, we talked on the past about trying to manage it. You know, if you had had Elise or, you know, Wayne Rooney and all of a sudden DC United just, you know, pitches and rotates its entire squad, that, that can mess up a lot of ch- uh, choices and plans. So, I mean, that's something that you have to take into account. Uh, and so, um, so not only do I think, you know, I hope that people uh, – make their voices heard and all that sets of end. But I also think you need to consider the downsides. Uh, With the way MLS is, with the schedule, no fantasy game is going to change MLS's schedule. And I know it's worth this week with the double game week, but, like, it it is what it is. So, like, how are you going to deal with the fact that we have no injury reporting in MLS? How are you going to deal with the fact that we have double game weeks? How? And so what, what I hope is that we have a much more intelligent conversation about here are these problems, and these are problems that drive fantasy players nuts. And just slapping on an FPL model is not the easiest solution. Like, there are downsides, mm-hmm. and when we had that, people were pissed and said they didn't want to play the game. So I think that's what you have to consider. Like, mm-hmm. whatever MLS does is going to have a downside and a negative. And uh, what's, what's been kind of frustrating me the past few months, and I, I'm sorry this turned into a little bit of a rant, but it's like people who are arguing that MLS – FMLS needs changes are like FPL is like a perfect system. That there's no downsides. Yes, there are downsides. There's downsides in the limited transfers. You have to do stuff on the weekends. We have switcheroo, auto routers, and maybe there's corrections to that. You know, but but that's what we have to talk about. Is like, what are the downsides? Are there ways we can get around these downsides? And what is the game that we think is going to work best? Not just for you and your schedule, but for the larger community in, in, as a whole. So I just hope we have a lot more nuance you know, conversation like that rather than just, oh, well, I play FPL. I think we should have FPL because it, it does it's, it's, it's not going to work. Tyler. Yeah, no, uh, and on top of that uh, separate point that I was going to make, but the the weather, people don't account for the fact, what, do you, what happens when your game gets postponed due to the lightning, like in the Dynamo game, or what happens like Colorado-Seattle game got snowed out earlier in the season. So um, stuff like that too is really hard to account for. So I completely agree that 
you know, those downsides and upsides. And and not to mention that this season, one of the great greatest things I think they did was they added the the free jersey every week for the top scorer. So, um, you know, that was something that I'd, I'd seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about. I think Bundesliga does it, the Bundesliga fantasy. Um, and that's huge because that's, I mean, talk about incentive. Like, who doesn't want a free signed jersey? So, I mean, stuff like that is like they clearly care and they're clearly trying. So if you, you know, these guys, uh, they, they're not like these overlords that are above everybody else and think they're like almighty. You know, they, they listen to the people and they know that they would not be where they are. People, you know, like us and, and in the league were interested in soccer. Like that's what it takes to let them do their job. So they're definitely out here trying to listen to us. I mean, maybe Doyle is, but yeah. Oh yeah, Doyle's a separate story. Yeah, he's he's on a different planet. Um, who knows where that planet is, though? <laughs> no, that that's a great point. I, I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, fantasy Bundesliga, and I do plan on checking that out next season because uh, I mean, a lot of people keep saying it. they think that would be a good model to look at for MLS, and I'm going to look at it. I don't know. I, I hear people say it. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to take a yeah. look. At it. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, keep yeah, a lookout. I, oh, oh, I want to jump in there really quick. Um, don't forget that, I mean, four of the guys that are kind of involved in these decisions are playing the game regularly. And, and that's, uh, Warshaw, mm-hmm. Doyle, Weeby, and, and Bear. And they're all in our host league with us this year. So, I mean, these guys are regular players. They are just as much consumers as we are on this. Mm-hmm. And one positive for the changes, Weeby has only missed one lineup, I think, this season. No, well, he missed this one. I mean, Weeby is... Oh, so two now, I guess. <laughs> so, but I mean, it, Weeby's no longer the running joke about missing lineup. So, if you want to talk about uh, casual player experience, Weeby's your prime example right there. So, I mean, keep that <laughs> <laughs> keep that in mind as you guys look at some of these changes that are going on, because the guys making the changes are players as well, and they're not always changing it to better suit them. I think a couple of them really like the fewer transfers and a little bit more strategy, but uh, they're seeing the community grow and the player base grow with these changes. So keep that in mind when you're, and when you're doing your criticism, if there's a negative play experience, that's what they want to hear about too, as why it's bad for the game and then offer a way to correct it. That's what I can always say with any game, but especially this one is if you notice something's really wrong, speak up, but say why it's wrong and say how you would like to see it corrected more than just, Oh, this sucks. For sure. You know, ETR has become the benchmark. It's like, okay, Weeby's playing fantasy more, so it's okay. A lot of general managers are like, hey, you know what? Bobby Warshaw on ETR said that we have good players. So we have good players, so I you know, should keep my job. Uh, they're moving up. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's move on to our Patreon housekeeping section. Uh, thank you so much of our Patreon donors. Uh, it's it's been such a great ride to have you guys here and getting people on the show and interact with people on twitter and email uh please always keep keep sending those questions keep sending those emails communications uh we're we're glad to be able to provide something great for you if you don't know what patreon is and you're listening to the show it's probably your first time listening and you should check it out over at patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash m-l-s-f-i and it's just a great way to have our community going people help support our show monetarily and then in return we get prizes and and swag and and all kinds of fun stuff so it's it's a, it's a great community that sprung up and we're so i'm just so humbled to be a part of it with all of you guys here but uh talking about our housekeeping this is still a double game week it doesn't feel like it because we don't have 
400 teams in a double game week. We only have two, and those teams are New York Red Bulls and Vancouver. They kick things off on Wednesday, May 22nd at 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, neither team has a double home game or a double away game, so uh, take your, your picks accordingly there. No team is on a buy, but if you're looking for switcheroo options, San Jose is really great. They still have a lot of 4.0 players available. They play the last game of the week, so it's easy to, to make those transfers accordingly. And uh, also Toronto's got some 4.0 players, and that's who they're playing. So those are the two teams I would look at if you're trying to set up a switcheroo or an auto or any kind of a that you're looking for. Uh, that's about it for, for the housekeeping, except for Mike. Uh, injuries cards in this thing called the Gold Cup? Yeah, well, it's not just the Gold Cup. It's the Copa America. Um, you know, that's going to bring in players like Ladero. Uh, and, and others. Um, quite frankly, there's too many players for me to, to list, um, but go on Twitter, go find the provisional rosters for, I believe, both the Gold Cup and the Copa America are out. Uh, those absences will start kicking in next week, I believe, uh, and, and what you'll see is a lot of people called into camp, uh, and then the rosters will be cut down, and, and some people will be released back to their teams. At least that's my understanding of, of what's going to happen. Um, it's going to hit a, f a few teams hard. Uh, I know Seattle is going to be one of those teams that's going to be hit hard. Tyler mentioned it um, earlier, uh, but anyway, go on the uh, and, and see that list. Um, you know, because it's be something that we'll be talking about a lot next week. Um, as far as injuries and red cards, uh, there was a bunch. Uh, Puzzmillo, obviously, the biggest red card. Uh, that happened this week. Um, cleaning up from the week before, Zlatan uh, was suspended for two games, so he's going to miss this coming week uh, against Orlando City. Uh, Greg Garza returned from injury and was stretched off with an injury, so uh, I'm expecting he's going to miss significant time. Uh, Betashore uh, left, uh, I think, at the 32nd minute with an apparent left hamstring injury. Um, let's see. Uh, other discipline issues, Adam Dwyer, uh, we believe has been suspended for yellow card accumulation. Uh, that's according to Jordan Culver, who says he's not been eligible for the uh, good, uh, good behavior bonus or incentive that knocks one off. Um, now the disciplinary page hasn't updated because they don't, you know, they don't do that. But uh, at least on Mondays they don't do that. So uh, be aware of that. I, I haven't seen any. There aren't any Red Bulls or Vancouver players from uh, last week on there, so I don't know of any ones that have been suspended for that. Uh, but be aware of that. And uh, Christian Nemeth also received a red card for Sporting Kansas City, um, so so they'll be a little bit shorthanded uh, up top. Um, and then I think that is all of the big red card, yellow card uh, issues that we have uh, going on. All right. Thank you, Mike. Let's move on to our ESPN Plus Round 13 preview, as always. Had somebody ask last week, hey, Reed, you mentioned this ESPN Plus thing, but I can't find it on your webpage. It's right there in the sidebar, right around the chat. Uh, just click on the big ESPN Plus logo. Find out how you can get streaming right to your house. Five bucks a month, ESPN Plus. Has a lot of the games. Uh, I, I really like it, and I'm actually probably going to switch up some of my uh, subscription streaming options because it's it's doing pretty well for me for what I want to watch most of the time. So check out ESPN Plus right now. You can, again, find it through MLS Fantasy Boss right there. Easy, easy peasy. Uh, I'm going to switch up this order from the rundown, guys. So we're just going to jump straight into our keepers, defenders, and shutouts section. Blaine, who are you looking at? 
Yeah, double game week. So start off with your double game week players. Uh, Crepeau was did pretty well this last week. Uh, 7.1 might be a touch expensive, but um, throwing him in for the double game week, uh, put him on the bench, obviously. They'll play their second game at the same time with that. I think you'll have three games to choose from after that if you want to go with it. But the way he's been playing, I'm looking for a clean sheet here in at least one of these games. Um, follow that up. Uh, Henry is injured, so Godoy is probably your next best pick for consistent bonus points for Vancouver. Uh, shouldn't be a rotation risk there. Um, Adnan is on my on my short list. I haven't figured out what I'm doing with the third Vancouver spot yet, but uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of up between him and a couple of attacking players. As far as Red Bulls go, I don't necessarily trust this Red Bull defense with these two games. I know FC Cincy has been hit and miss, but I just really don't trust that defense. So I'm going with uh, Tarek at 6.8. Uh, really good average there. Um, maybe throw another guy on the bench. Not sure what I'm doing with that spot yet. And then maybe a surprise pick, clean sheet shout out. Um, I like Ruan from Orlando this week. Um, LA without Zlatan can be a little risky. Uh, the way this offense is going, both fullbacks are getting forward and putting in crosses. I know Ruan got an assist this last game. Um, so at $6 million, that's kind of a sneaky pickup there, either for your bench or just to put in your starting lineup and roll the dice with. Not bad. Not bad, Mike. Um, I went all double game week uh, in the back. Um, I have Louis Robles um, as my keeper, uh, and that's mostly just because I don't really trust Vancouver to get the, shat- the clean sheet, whereas I really like the Red Bulls. Um, you know, I, th- I think the Red Bull defense has been pretty good, at least against teams like Vancouver. Um, and FC Cincinnati, I, I think there's a really opportunity for two clean sheets. So I, I, my only double gaming players are in the defense. So I have Lawrence, I have Tarek, I have Anon, and I have Godoy. Um, the only value I see in Vancouver whatsoever is in the defense, um, and that's just mostly just because you know accumulating those multiple games is basically like getting a clean sheet or close to getting a clean sheet. So if they happen to pull one off, um, that's bonus points uh, for, for me. You know, like Anand got nine uh, this past week. That's like a clean sheet anywhere else. Uh, so for me, I, I think the most value is in the defense. Uh, offensively, And you know, we'll, I'm kind of spoiling the rest of my picks, but I think it's important to kind of talk about where you want to use the double game week players. Um, most of the good Red Bulls defender or midfielders that I have, uh, the last couple games they had, they got rotated, um, you know, which completely mm-hmm. took off uh, the mid-game. Um, and, and the concern for me is that maybe that, that would be the away game uh, at Cincinnati uh, this week. So um, th- that's something, you know, to to keep in mind. And um, it makes me a little skittish because I wouldn't want to pick those midfielders and pick up a midfield roster spot um, if they're not going to get two games. So... Um, that's why I went uh, heavy DDW uh, defense. Good tactics. I like that. Tyler. Yeah, pretty much in the same boat. Um, I had uh, probably pretty similar backline to to Mike there. Um, I like Ali Adnan a lot. Um, just, I mean, his own coach has said it. He's one of the best left backs in the league, or if not the best left back in the league, probably from a, a pure like potential standpoint. Um, and so... He's definitely on my team. Um, I'm not 100% sure about my keeper because I really think it's like 50-50 for me on Vancouver versus FC or versus New York Red Bulls in terms of who's got better shots at clean sheets. Um, but 
uh, those two for sure. I won't beat the dead horse with that. Um, other other than that, though, um, I'm not a. I don't feel great about it, but um, Colorado at Col- or Colorado at home against Columbus. I just really don't like what I'm seeing from Columbus, and I think there might be some value on the Colorado backline. Um, so I'm considering picking a player from them. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise there's not. I don't think there's much to mix up. I think you might as well just go all all in the back double game week players. Don't mess around. I think that's that's perfectly fine to mention Colorado. I mean, that's what we're trying to do is just open people's ideas, their minds, their thoughts to other other options. Uh, I agree, Mike. I was really interested in hearing what people had to say about where they particularly thought Vancouver was going to be the best use. If it was going to be all in on defense with Crepu uh, and and defenders, or if you would go with Robles, because he was he was on a yellow. Uh, a yellow indicator earlier in the day. I think he's a green right now. He did miss a game a couple weeks ago, but he came back at 90 last week. So I think Robles is going to be uh, good to go. And as you said, Blaine, he's he's think- cheaper of the two. Yeah, uh, Robles rotated the last double game yeah. week. And, and that, yeah. that's some downside. I mean, my, he, I think he had a little bit of an injury there. That's why I'm kind of willing to give him a pass. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that that's the one tough one. Um, is, is the keeper. I mean, the, the, the concern for me is on Vancouver. I, I just don't really see them getting a clean sheet um, because, I mean, they, they had a double game week last week. Uh, so, so, I mean, they, they're, you know, talking about plans. This is a lineup you've got to see because God only knows what Vancouver is. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're flying cross-country to the Red Bulls and then flying back. So that's a heck of a lot of flight, you know, Vancouver's in a position where, like, could they easily just throw a game against Red Bulls just to make sure that they're rested at home for the other one? I I, I think so. so. They don't even get the Sunday game. Oh, no. I mean, it's coming back. I mean, I mean, they they play FC Dallas with I mean without packs and um you know and uh, without hedges. That's another red card I, I forgot to mention. Uh, I mean, there's some opportunities there, but. Uh, yeah, I mean that 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 is a brutal schedule, and that, I mean that's after playing in Sporting Kansas City. So I mean, you know, middle of the country, Sporting Kansas City, presumably fly back to Vancouver, or they have to fly straight to New York. I don't know which one they did. Either one, that's a lot of travel. It's rough whenever they hit the the mid U.S. or those or the eastern eastern teams. So for Vancouver, definitely rough. Uh, glad you mentioned Orlando, Blaine. I was I was looking at them as well as a potential option. hadn't thought about Colorado, but uh, I did. I do agree that Columbus is not doing so hot, so that is definitely fun. I've thrown LAFC as a, yeah. a potential to look at. I mean, Zimmerman, Segura, something, something like that. Uh, you could, you could get those guys. Montreal mm-hmm. did struggle last week. Piotti's back. That's the wild card we already mentioned. But uh, LA's been doing well at home. Montreal is going to be on the road again. I've got some of the the stats here about uh, home chances to to concede. And, of course, Portland and Montreal on the top because Portland hasn't played at home and Montreal's hardly played at home. And then right after them, of course, so the legit number one there is LAFC when they're, they're at home. They're conceding uh, almost only one goal every two games. So it's yeah. it's it's like – it's great. The New York City is right after them, Mike. So that's, mm-hmm. that's good for you guys right there. So yeah. it's, they're, they're pretty tough at home. So I think if you are looking for – uh, another option, maybe not a double game week player. 
then uh, then that's a good a good team to look at as well. Uh, that covers some of the questions I wanted to, to go there. You guys are really great with that one. Nailed it. Let's move on to midfield. Mike. Uh, well, we talked about Orlando. I have Nani. Um, I mean, I know the Galaxy's defense has been better, um, but I think they tend to lose a lot uh, without Zlatan's threat going forward. Um, and, and so with Nani healthy, I, I really like that. Uh, I'm going to stick with Kay. Um, you know, Montreal has been that hasn't been as strong defensively as they have in the past. I know they got a clean sheet this past week, um, but I, I just don't think that they have enough to handle LAFC. Uh, I have Ladero. Um, you know, I know SKC is getting people back, but I, I don't think they have enough uh, to, to to withstand uh, Seattle. And now the Seattle is going to get rest. Uh, I think Ladero will have some opportunities. Uh, and then I have Memo Rodriguez on the bench, um, just kind of worked out budget-wise. Um, you know, Minnesota's been better, but I, I don't think they're still good at home. Um, and it, with Elise, uh, you know, having an injury and being out, I think Memo Rodriguez might see an, an uptick in responsibility. And he's been really, really good. So I have him on the bench because worse comes worse, he'll, he'll probably get me a prize for us. Right, Tyler. Um, oh man, that looks, uh, it's pretty similar to mine. I'm going with Ladero again. He's just too consistently, his, his just floor is really high. Um, and, and I can afford him, so I'm going to have him. Um, and, uh, it, it's hard at the midfield. I want to find some value in just cause forwards are so expensive these days, but, um, I'm definitely going to have Nani as well. Um, and then outside of that, uh, K is one that I had this past week. Um, but one I'm, playing with that's a little bit cheaper is Katai just because uh for Chicago um just because he's been the the like bright spot of Chicago um and every time I want to not believe in him uh he every time I watch him he just (laughs) just plays insanely so uh I might give him a shout but one I'm considering that's that's more affordable that I might go in for switcheroo is Jackson Ewell um for San Jose He's at 7.2 mil, um, and you know San Jose put up four this week, and have looked fun to looked looked fun to play, uh, looked fun to watch, and um, they're playing Toronto without Pozuelo. You know, uh, I'd, Toronto's looking good, but they're not. You know, they're not back to winning the old winning ways, especially without Pozuelo. So I think Jackson Yule could be a good uh, switcheroo. Um, outside I really of that, considered uh, San Jose defenders talking about Toronto yes. without Pozuelo. Oh, yes. That's um, I, I didn't end up putting any of them in my picks, but if we're talking about throwing out ideas, uh, Shea Salinas is not a bad pick this week, I don't think. Yes. Shea Salinas, is, <laughs> that's a great point. No, no, that's a great point because that's actually one that I can – Shea Salinas is someone I've been preaching for, like, the whole season. I completely forget about him when I have the chance. Defenders that play in the attack, especially as consistently as Shea Salinas, I think – almost always warrant a place on your team. So um, thank you for reminding me that because I might have not even picked him this week if you hadn't said anything. Um, <laughs> Adam- I've been getting so distracted by these double game weeks that I just forget about the oh, real no. game and I'm all in the double <laughs> game week game. Um, so yeah, definitely Shea Salinas and then Jackson Yule is my other one. Um, and then we'll see. The lineups of the, the Red Bulls and the Vancouver game might make me change my mind last minute. Um, if I see something that I like or a favorable matchup. Blaine. Yeah, so I had a lot of trouble with my midfield today. Um, Nani and Rusnak were kind of the two I liked right away oh. to bring in. Yeah, uh, what is it? Rusnak's playing the home game 
against Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. And Atlanta's defense has been hit and miss. And RSL at home has really been turning on the Jets. On the road, they still struggle. So I really do like this game. And this is a Friday night game. So this is another potential bench option if you have the money as well, just to see what happens. Um, uh, Mbom and one mm. of the New York uh, midfielders will probably end up on my bench this week. They're just There's too much potential there with the double game week. Um, Mbom rotated this week some. He did not start the sporting game. He did come in off the bench, but he didn't start that game. And I think the plan was not to play him at all if they could help it, but due to an injury, they had to. So I think he's going to be ready to go the double game week. If he hadn't rotated this week, he would probably not be here. But uh, mm. they like to say he's one of the, he's probably the best player on the field for them. Um, outside of Adnan, who, I mean, I put him as comparable, but it's hard to call a uh, defender one of your best players when it comes to fantasy. So there's that. And then fifth spot kind of um, as a switcheroo option is Montero for um, Philly. He has just been on uh, fire lately at eight million. You, I, and it's against Portland at at home. I mean, eight million is not that, that bad of an issue. He's averaging five point eight. He's got goals in quite a few of his recent games. I think since he's become a starter, he's averaging a goal every other game, or maybe a little more than that. I mean, he's just been lighting it up. It's really going to be hard to ignore him this week. And I don't know. I had a hard time picking midfielders, so that's kind of where I've landed so far. Oh yeah, one. Let me jump in there really quick. I've completely forgot. Um, uh, PT Martinez, I will be picking this week. I know that he's been a dud and and whatnot, but the the firepower they have out there is undeniable. And um, you know, I bet they're going to be real hungry. They're going to be well rested after a week. They finally have a week off. Um, I think they're going to be coming back with a vengeance uh, this this upcoming week. And I I think PT is going to be at the heart of it. So um, yeah, he's going to be on my team. Going to be pity over Jackson? Uh, well, I might go four in the midfield. We'll see. Um, it de- it's a lot of these come down to the last-minute decisions. That's why I have a hard time sharing my lineup out on Twitter because <laughs> I, I swear, like, the last, like, 10 minutes before some of the lineups start, I'm just like, yeah, this feels better. And so I don't want people getting mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get you. We get you. Uh, you guys have covered a lot of the ones that I was looking at as well. Uh, I thought I was going to be sneaky with Katai there tyler but uh <laughs> got you got that one covered um if you are going to go with new york i think you're going to be looking at royer that's that's got to be the one i think he's a top captain pick a lot of people have this week uh if you're going to go with this double game with players unless mike may throw us a defender out there otherwise uh, you guys got most of the one Wachowski for red bulls that's not a bad shout yeah he's i mean he's, he's the other one about yeah uh, i i think those are the two main ones that you should be looking at yeah, I mean, I, I like both of them. If they hadn't rotated that past double game week, they, they'd probably be in my team. That, oh, we could the... see. Maybe, maybe we do a, a phone a friend to, to our good buddy Tim and get him to, to yeah. sometime midweek here. We'll find out. Uh, I'm also going to throw Piotti up there. I mean, maybe that's a guy, if he does come back for the full 90, keep an eye on that. I like your rust net call there, Blaine. Uh, even though I do have to add that Atlanta has the second best away defense just according to the numbers lafc is first they're giving up uh about a goal every game and a half and uh, atlanta's just a little bit below that so yeah um, last five games is only one goal like the goal they could see the other night was the first goal in the last five games so yeah. they've been 
Yeah. It comes out like a one goal every like 1.2 games. So it's they they've got a pretty tough defense right there. So uh, that that maybe is a little bit of worry, but Rusnak's pretty pretty good at home, usually history. Uh, fun fact. I am going to be at the New York Red Bulls versus FC Cincinnati game this week with my wife. So if you guys are going to be there, I'll be wearing this hat. I'll be sitting in the upper deck this time, uh, get a good view from there. One of the Middle East sections right there. But uh, if you see me, give me a holler. We'll take a picture, throw it up here. But, yeah, my wife and I will be there. I'll be rocking a gray Cincinnati shirt, but but this hat mostly. So that's, that's the easy thing because I'm sure a lot of other people will have gray Cincinnati shirts on too. So – uh, well, let's move on to forwards. Tyler, who do you like? Um, I have to go with Carlos Vela, just because uh, I didn't captain him this week, and he was, you know, he was mad at me at me for it. <laughs> um, so Carlos Vela for sure. Um, I like the matchup too against um, uh, was it Montreal? Mont- Montreal, right? Um, so I like that a lot. Uh, considering Raúl Ruiz Diaz against um, Sporting Kansas City. Uh, I'm not locked in on that yet, so don't hold me to it. But I think it's a, it's a good shout now that he's back and fit. Um, and then uh, outside of those two, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not 100% sure who I'm feeling good about. Kai Kamara again at home against Columbus is one that I'm I'm, I'm looking into, and uh, might be if I end up going three in the top would probably be my third. Blaine. Yeah, I've got Vela. I mean, obviously this is good. Uh, Montreal likes to bunker a little bit still, but LAFC has shown time and again this year that they can really break down the bunker when given the time, especially at home. Um, This is a week you could take Ramirez or Rossi or Blessing as well. Um, I think taking two up top in this one could turn out to be really good for you if you want to do that. I'm not usually willing to risk it because I just – Montreal is known for their bunker, but you could definitely justify taking two. Uh, Kai Kamara is in my lineup at this point. Um, At altitude, with the way the Columbus defense has been playing lately, um, I expect him to do something for me this week. Uh, Yeah, it's just too hard to pass that one up. I've got White for uh, Red Bulls in there. If Vancouver doesn't keep the clean sheet, I think he might be my one of my bench options. But there's a lot. There's a lot of play with forwards, and I've got some extra money that I may want to spend before the the round locks. So I, I'm not sure. I just a lot of the names I was looking at going down the list. Just I wasn't sure about them, um, knowing who's out and who's in. I mean, uh, RSL at home with Atlanta. Atlanta has been scoring a few goals, but they haven't been there. So that's cuts Martinez out. Um, I don't trust Rui Diaz very much in this one sporting is getting their team together and the addition of Benny it has been huge for taking the pressure off the defense they haven't looked like they're under siege like they did those few weeks without Benny or before Benny came and without Roger in the lineup I just I didn't see a lot of them so that's a good spot um, other shout at 4.5 uh, Chris Wondolowski is that late game option um, 23 points from a 4-0 player he is due for a price rise so Throw him in your lineup if you have nobody else. Um, if he plays, he plays. If he doesn't play, you get money. Good point. Very good point, Mike. Are, are we sure that Wando gets a price rise? I mean, he gets a price rise. No. I think if he starts because he's got a bunch of you know. This is like what James. Uh, yeah, Dallas I guess. 
you know that that he may be priced under a four million dollar player has a, has a while to work up but uh you know a start i think could could help him out a lot um so ho- hopefully he gets a starting i mean you would think four goals is enough to keep your bottom in the starting lineup but you know <laughs> because mls um so i i also have vela in my forward picks but my i have two different forward picks um for the rest of them uh i picked wayne rooney to start um I, you know, I said earlier, I don't like the Bruce Arena pick. Um, and, and regardless of whether or not you like him, it's going to take a while. Uh, and that defense is bad. Um, you know, they conceded. I don't think Bruce Arena or just a boost uh, is going to stop a hungry uh, D.C. team that, you know, really kind of gets off, off the schneid after a rough week. Um, so I like Rooney in that one, even though he's on the road. And then on the bench, I have Bear. Um, I mean, Chicago just gave up four goals um, to San Jose. Um, th- their defense has looked a lot shakier recently. Uh, and Abair at 8.9, uh, you know, he's he's a really good uh, budget option, uh, and he's been scoring a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, not just goals uh, from himself, uh, but being involved. Uh, you know, when he started, he hasn't gotten less than four points, so he's got a pretty good floor considering his price. So. Um, you know, I know it's the homer pick, but I, I think there's some good. I mean, he's got an f- average of 5.43, so that's pretty good for a forward who's under nine million. Um, so that allows you to put him on the bench and, and see see what happens. So uh, I, I think I think especially with New York City is doing as far as counterattacking could could really trip up Chicago, which has been trying to possess more. Uh, I think they're probably really vulnerable at the back, and uh, that'll create some opportunities for Abair. Uh, not so crazy, Mike, I, I don't think. Uh, I've also got Vela. I've got Kamara as an option, as you guys have both mentioned. And I've also got Rooney uh, feeling the same thing against uh, New England. They're one of the bottom teams as far as home chances to concede so far. Just a hair over two goals per game when they're at home. So uh, definitely like that. And then, uh, I mean, D.C., it's about a goal a game on the road. So I feel like that's that's a pretty good chance for, for Rooney. Um to, to make something happen there, but pretty standard picks. I think going on, you guys have covered a lot of what most people will likely be looking at. Um, yeah. Especially with, with Nimeth on the red card and, and Pozuelo out. I think those would be two other sneaky options to go with that are not so sneaky anymore. <laughs> All right. So the two questions I didn't ask at the beginning, just going to throw those in right now. Uh, are there any players who are for you guys a hard avoid this week? Like definitely just, just don't even bother with this guy. Just anybody feel free to chime in with this. Uh, and then what game do you guys think will be the best game for fantasy points? Um, I mean, it depends on the lineup, but you know, I, I mean, we just went through talking about a double game week with the red bulls with a favorable matchups and nobody mentioned BWP at all. Um, you know, he, he's been hurt, so I, I don't think we'll see. Um, you know, even if he starts in the first game, um, that second game on turf, that's rough. I think you can see a lot of rotation. Uh, and frankly, that's kind of the concern for the Red Bulls this week is that you might see that lineup at RBA, and then you see the rotation on the back end when they get to the turf at uh, Nippert. Um, you know, and I mean, the same, I mean, less so for Vancouver because it's home, but I mean, they're both playing on grass in the midweek and going to turf. So um, I, I think BWP uh, is probably the big one for me. Um, the thing that has me wondering about rotations at Cincinnati, and they very well could. I mean, you guys have mm-hmm. arguments there. 
there's open cup history with New York and Cincinnati. And it, it really makes me wonder if, if that's going to be like, now we need to represent, we need to take it to Cincinnati because of that history. You know, honestly, for me, I, I think the bigger thing is that the Red Bulls are, have started the season so poorly, and they just need to make up points. They, that too, uh, yeah. They may be in the position of, of you know what? But, I mean, you know, for particularly for BWP, I wouldn't see him as a start. But as far as other players, you know, like Robles, like, I, I can see Chris Arnas saying, we just got this big win against Atlanta. We need to take advantage of that, get a big nine-point week, and then we're back in the discussion, uh, you know, not only for playoffs but for hosting – uh, it, you know, that first round of the playoffs and, and all that. And, I mean, and really the East is, is so wide open, you know, a good nine-point week. We saw it earlier in the year with uh, New York City getting the seven-point week. If you take advantage of the double game weeks and turn them into wins, uh, you shoot up the standings so quick with the East so tight. Um, but, I mean, I, th- I don't think any of that applies to BWP because – No, no, for sure not. Um, and so I think that would be someone uh, to, st- to stay away with uh, from – and maybe that's a bad argument fantasy-wise, but I think that's going to be real for Cincinnati. Is like there's there's beef with New York, and so that's going to be a team that that's going to get the engines going for FC Cincinnati. And how does that look for your team if it's like, hey, we had this great win against Atlanta, we're probably going to do well against Vancouver, and then Cincinnati beat us. That, that that might. I mean, we're struggling. I mean, I'm 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 hoping that that's what happens. I'm know. not hoping that happens at all. Shame. But I hope that Cincinnati beats you. You said that Cincinnati beats us. Is oh, that what you just? Oh, said? I thought you meant like you're you're hoping that. I, I see. I see. I misunderstood. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> you. Uh, anybody else? Just any any just clear. Just avoid. Do do not even think about this guy. Players. Um. Uh, for me. Oh yeah. I yeah. BWP was yours, Tyler. Yeah, mine was. Yeah, mine was similar. Mine was just avoid. Personally, I'm just avoiding the the Red Bulls like offense in general, just because of the propensity to like rotate. Because they're such a system oriented team that like, I mean, this past week you had Brian White, you had Barlow. It could be BWP up top. Like, you know, I just you never know who's gonna come up next from Atlanta United or from not Atlanta, sorry, from Red Bull New York too. And then like, yeah, it's just. I, it's not worth it for me. I don't think a double game week is going to mean that much for them. Um, you know, they're one or two you could look at, but it's just I think there are better options elsewhere. All right. Uh, final question then, just before captains. Uh, which game do you guys think will be the best one for points? That's tough. I mean, for, for me, I'm going to have Red Bulls Vancouver because I can easily see that as a nil-nil. So I'm going to – That's your bacon on your – Like all the clean, cheap points is <laughs> – <laughs> um, you know, and honestly, I, I can I don't really see a whole lot outside of that. Um, the, the only one I could see actually being a high scoring one is, is depending on how Chicago comes out against New York City. Um, uh, because we've seen them be kind of really high flying, and I, I could see that being kind of a ping pong game, um, even though New York City's been uh, better defensively. Um, I also kind of see Colorado Columbus as being one of those games. Um, you know, because Colorado, you know, outside of this past week, um, hasn't been good defensively. Columbus has really struggled defensively. Um, so, I, you know, I could kind of see Zardes as a sneaky pick uh, this week when we didn't mention about him. Um, but, I mean, you have two struggling defenses. You know, Columbus are desperate for points. Uh, I, I could see them kind of going back and forth in that one too. All right. Now what everyone's been waiting for, 
Let's talk about captains, and I'm really interested in hearing how you guys answer this one, Blaine. Like... Um, if twisted my arm and told me I had to take a double game week player, um, it would be Godoy, and I would be going defense. Uh, I think he's got the best chance for bonus points, throw in a clean sheet there. Um, I could see a 13-14 up to about 16-point week out of him. Um, not bad for a captain if you're going to take one for a double game week. Now, um, outside of that, um, it's Vela. Um, again, I don't think you can really bet against him at this point. I don't trust the Montreal defense this week. And, yeah, it's really going to be hard to take anybody else. Mike? I have Tarek. Uh, I, I think the Red Bulls have the best shot at, at two clean sheets um, with FC Cincinnati and Vancouver's uh, well-known uh, struggles to score. Uh, and I think the Red Bulls' defense, with however much they've struggled you know, to generate chances, their defense has still been good. Um, and especially, I mean, they'll get Parker back uh, for the FC Cincinnati game. And I'm, I'm really expecting Vancouver to either rotate heavily in the midweek game or for um, – you know, them to just have really tired legs uh, after having two double game weeks in a row. So I, I just think that's just too good of an opportunity to pass up. So for, for me, I think the double game week's got to come from the Red Bulls. Uh, and while I wish there were some better midfield options, you know, fantasy-wise, I wish Kaku was a good player and, you know, was getting more than four points a game. But uh, with a not, I'm going a defensive captain, which I don't know how often I've done in three years, four years of playing fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really rare. Tyler. Um, yeah, I guess if I had to do, if I had to do DG a double game week, I would probably go, I would go Ali Adnan um, just because I think he has the ceiling to go off like of a midfielder, but he still kind of shares the floor of the other defenders. Um, also, I got burnt by a Jack Elliott captain, like, four weeks ago um so ever since then i've been kind of like hmm i think i should look into this i think it was by uh ryan ryan anderson um and i was like there, clearly there's a reason he's number one um but uh yeah my other captain i'm actually looking at ladero though for my like uh for what i probably will end up going with um just because he's got rui diaz back i think they're gonna get a couple of guys back from injury um and uh, they haven't dominated a game in a while. And, you know, I hate to do this to blame, but I, I think SKC could be a good opportunity to do that. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so I currently have Royer in my, my lineup as, as a, a Red Bulls offensive player. You guys have made some pretty strong arguments against all of that. And and, and I do. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to have to think about I'm going to think about that. Currently, I have the captain. On Royer, if if it's not on him, I honestly don't know who it's going to be. It's just hard for me to not to want to captain a double game week player. I'm going to think hard sure. about that defense because you guys have been have been honest. So uh, let us know what you all think. If you're going to look at defensive players this week for your your captain, uh, definitely definitely want to know. Uh, that's all that I have planned for the show tonight, guys. Is there anything else you want to mention before we plug this thing out? No. All right. Well, then let's nope. wrap everything up with plugs, Blaine. Uh, nothing from me this week. Mike? Uh, at Mike Tech Tiger, I posted a list of all the U.S. Uh, MLS players. Uh, I'm sure MLS will have a list, and I'll, I'll post out links to that. So uh, go check that out uh, because that will be important next week when we try to figure out who's actually available and, and as some Tyler said, how many teams are missing huge uh, key pieces. So 
Uh, it, it, it'll be a fun, interesting two, three weeks or, or whatever it is to, to end the season out. Uh, so stay tuned. Tyler. Um, oh, I'm at twi- on Twitter. I'm at, on Twitter a lot if you want to interact with me there. Um, at tbartels12. Um, I'm usually around somewhere, usually in the U- between U.S. soccer and MLS. Um, so if you need to, if you need to come find me or, or, you know, get in a fight with me about something or argue about something, that's where I'll be at. He also writes the, uh, review articles, the week recap articles at MLS fancy boss when either he's not in Japan or I am not busy with people from (laughs) and have the time to post them. Yes. Uh, are you going to be able to do that next week? Are you traveling? Uh, next week I leave on Wednesday. So, um, I'm planning to get it out by then. There we go. So keep an eye out for that. Tyler does a great review of sort of the important fancy takes from the previous week to keep them in mind when you're making your picks here. Uh, as a course for me, you can catch everything that I do over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Don't forget to sign up for my MLS Fantasy newsletter that'll come straight to your inbox over at MLSFantasySoccer.com or sorry, just MLS.com, uh, MLSSoccer.com. There it is. That Got that out. Uh, it, it's actually easiest just to Google search for MLS newsletter and it finds the, the sign up link right there, especially if you're an EPL player who's, who's switching over here, FBL player coming over, uh, send me your questions. I'd love to help you guys get that transition going over for what you need to know. Uh, so just check that out. Uh, also I should be on, I believe Sirius XM this week with Jason Davis talking about on Friday, just what's coming up. So we'll hit a lot of single game week stuff this week, post New York Red Bulls. And again, if you're at the FC Cincinnati game and you see me, you've got my hat on, give me a holler. We'd love to see some people, uh, take some pictures, do some great stuff. So uh, I think that's all we got going on. Don't forget to check out r slash fantasy MLS, the Discord chat, all this sort of great stuff. Good luck. <laughs>